Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1942, in the cold desert of a small border town in Texas, a group of kind are kidnapped and mass embraced by members of the fanatical sect, the Sabbat. Out of this group, only a handful survived, and through rituals and mentorship, they became the pack known as the Pale Riders. Representing the Sword of Cain, they are wielded by a mentor to cut deep wounds within the heartland of Mexico to the enemies of the Sabbat. Wars on Fire is a vampire the masquerade Sabbat chronicle that follows the Pale Riders pack that consists of Mitch, a Lazampa played by Adam, Coyote, a Ravenous anti-tribute played by Alex, Eldrick, a Caitiff played by David, Jasper, a Bruja anti-tribute played by Joaquin, Cora, a Shimizi played by Slavic, and Richard, a Venture anti-tribute played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. All right, so where we left off, uh, we had most of the Pale Riders pack was off of this little coastal village of a sort called Tapico, and Coyote was left alone in this room in the lower half of the boat. So we'll start with you, Coyote. So Coyote, you know, you got off of, you got, you guys after that church incident had like a two hour drive where you came upon this coastal village and you were in the back of this dairy, former dairy uh, truck that, or that Richard was driving uh, back there with your bride. Now you, last time we, we spoke to you, you were saying that like, you're kind of like um, treating her like a pet in a way. Is she more of a bride now to Coyote or what is she like? What, what exactly, is, how is he treating her at this moment? Well, I guess because no one, a lot of people won't listen to his rantings and ravings in life. Um, and like I've explained, he's a, he's not the smartest tool in the shed, but he thinks he's a revolutionary thinker and yada, yada, yada. So um, he's kind of using her as he's forcing her to listen to all his crap, basically. Whenever they're alone, he's telling her all his theories about things and kind of, yeah, I'm sure she's sick of his. Yeah, and at that point, she's so, like, almost mentally snapped, you know what I mean? She's pretty much been, like, had vicissitude done on her. She's sitting in the back of this dark, you know, like, uh, at the time, in the back of this dark, nasty-smelling dairy truck where you guys were all making your haven, and she sat, you know, was trapped in... And it's almost like I can imagine the scene where she's alone in the dark, almost like with this, well, frankly, a monster that, that is sitting there holding her, listening to these ramblings that absolutely aren't coherent to her because it's not making any sense. You know what I mean? Any sense of the situation. Mm-hmm. She's been kidnapped, seen monsters do these horrible things, had her, her visage flesh crafted. Um, and now she's hearing talk about political revolution in mexico and and all this crazy shit coming from something with horns and a gapping maw of, of you know what i mean ragged teeth and everything so it's, she's pretty much at this point i would say like insane in a way but like like you definitely tell she never responds to you she's kind of grunts or just kind of like cries or and you and you, mm. you kind of noticed when mitch and the pack opened up the back of the dairy truck and we're telling you that you guys are going to get on a boat you saw that like when as the the moment that she saw cora she kind of directly went towards cora uh like you could tell that she felt emotion towards cora there at this time but it wasn't like any speaking it was almost like uh i hate to say this and not to sound inhumane but it's almost like having a dog on a leash and when you could tell when the dog wants to go talk to someone else rather than the direction you wanted to go to you kind of felt that you know but of course with your strength uh, in your size, you know, she wasn't able to get over there. And we we already talked about, you already saw in the scene where basically you asked Cora if there was a way she could make it better, you know what I mean? And, and Cora mm-hmm. said that, you know, she could talk, you guys could talk after everything was said and done. So when you get into this boat and you go into this room and you're pretty much left in this room on your own, tell me what, what, what goes on in that room. Do you have like, leave the lights off? Do you leave them on? Or what, what what's going on with you and your bride at this time in this room? I have the light the lights on so that she can see me and um, I'm basically forcing her to listen to me, tell her that I'm the reincarnation of Kukul Khan, uh, that my face 
you know, with my jaw wide open and the fangs that kind of look a little bit like a snake and I'm getting kind of delusions of grandeur. I'm telling her that she's uh, the Virgin Mary. She's my Virgin Mary and that uh, we're going to help restore Aslan and, you know, uh, just just crazy, crazy talk, basically, like snippets of everything from around around the place. Yeah, would you say you're trying to, like, um, brainwash her in a way? Like, kind of almost have, like, so, Stockholm yeah. Syndrome go on? Let's do a roll for that. You, you you feel cool with doing a roll for that, like, just to see how successful you may be? Absolutely. What would you like me to roll? I've got intimidation. Let's do... <laughs> uh, well, well we, we can talk about the different routes. So definitely would be manip- manipulation, because you're trying to manipulate her. Or would you say you're trying to win her over? Because we could say charisma as if you're trying to win her over, but I would think it would be manipulations would be more what you're trying to do at the moment. I want to say it's a bit of both. Like, um, I'm not the most charismatic guy, obviously. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I'm trying to trying to flatter her a lot, as well as force her to see my point of view. I how guess. about this? How about, do you, do you have anything in subterfuge? Um, where is it? I have zero subterfuge. subterfuge. What, what talents do you have? Do you have empathy, expression? Intimid- you have intimidation? I have intimidation five. <laughs> yeah, but, you uh, know what? It's not really, that's more like, yeah. Yeah, well, kind of like maybe, um, what what other talents do you have? It's it's all intimidation. I've got manipulation. Yeah. Let's do manipulation, intimidation. And here's how we'll do it. You're, you're not, I mean, you're, you can win someone over. You can scare someone into believing, like, you know what I mean? Like what they need hmm. to believe. You can kind of tell her, like, you, you said you're the reincarnation of what exactly? Kukulkan, the feathered serpent. Okay, the fabled serpent. Like, what do you give me some details about this? I'm just, I've never heard of it. So, as a, as it's a, one of the chief Mayan kind of deities, and throughout time, different historical figures have said they're the reincarnation of this guy and so on. Okay, so you can, I would say we could do a manipulation intimidation, just the fact that you're trying to scare her into knowing that she needs to follow the direction, that she is the chosen one, you know what I mean? And I'll, I'll mm-hmm. give you that, and we can roll that. And what we can say is we can say you can get one roll a day, and you'll need uh, uh, a total of 10 successes for her to fully become, like, enraptured mm-hmm. in you. And we'll say the more successes that you have towards that 10, then we'll say that is, like, the more her feelings will sway to you. Does that make sense? Sure. So the closer you get, so until eventually she's like yours completely, you know. So, well, let's do. Uh, we'll do two rolls. We'll do one roll for the night that you guys were in the truck, uh, mm-hmm. in the back of the dairy truck, and then we'll do the roll for when you're sitting in the boat before I start catching up to the story. Does it sound good? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I'm doing that in rolls now. And difficulty ten or difficulty six. Sorry, difficulty six. First slot looks like it's three. Okay. Yep. And- Three. three again uh yeah six successes and mm-hmm. that's good so you can tell like the before we before we continue to catch you up to the story you can tell that like in that second night as the night goes on that she's becoming more receptive to you but it's almost like in an eerie like like it's like you know when you first went into the room with her you're sitting in this corner because you can't sit on any of the bunks because the bunks are too small you know what i mean and they're, <laughs> they're stacked three you're kind of like sitting in the corner and you're just like this figure, this menacing figure that's staring at her. And she's sitting in the opposite corner of the small room, like curled up. Now, at first, you know, she was just looking at like the floor and the bunks, but wouldn't look anywhere at you. And you just kept talking to her and you just kept like, like, uh, you know, gently, you go from gently to scary. And we can even say you threw in a little chemistry, you know, a little bit of your powers, you know what I mean? Sure. Your, your discipline yeah. in there. And there was a moment like where you saw where she turns and she looks at you and you see that she crawls like maybe like just like two or three feet closer to you. And then she curls up in the fetal position. But this time she's on her side and she's like facing you at least. So it's almost like she went from being in the corner, like she couldn't get far away from you, far enough Mm -hmm. away from you to where like she gave you a little bit of leeway. So now she's like four or five feet in front of you like curled up facing you uh right now with her eyes closed and you can see her breathing but you feel like you won like a small victory in there you could tell by her body language that she's not as defensive as she was as she lays there in these and these um like soiled nun clothes you know what i mean and her oddly like plastic like face and her and her mouth is just like slightly open as she breathes and you can see those dark you know shark teeth that 
that uh, Korra cre- uh, made for her there. So you get the sense while you're looking down, I would say, almost of like your, your ego is even getting more. You know what I mean? Mm. Bigger from seeing that. I can even start, you know, she was she got a religious background. I can start playing on that. I can say, you know, I'm the God you've been looking for. Um, <laughs> you're my bride. You've been chosen. Yeah. And you could tell, I mean, even though she hasn't communicated with you, you can tell by her body language that this is all, she's all receiving this. You know what I mean? Like, she's almost like yeah. your silent bride, you know what I mean? In a mm-hmm. way, uh, while you're doing giving, that. So, giving her kind of like a bullshit fusion of um, Christianity with with the um, kind of older folklore and religion of the, of the Mexican era, you know, the Mayans and the Aztecs and so on. And just, yeah, doing like a crazy person does, picking and choosing, pulling it all together. Well, you're you're a god, right? And and, and you sure. don't need to follow rules. And, and you, in matter of fact, it. you're probably have taken the strength from all these fake, all these fake religions have taken their strength from you and those that have been like you, gods like you, you know. And so that's probably I'm even what, starting and, to believe my own shit. Yeah, I mean, dude, you guys are evolving. You guys aren't human anymore, and you're the one who's probably taken it the farthest, you know, at this moment. But like, you know, look at the things that you guys have done. Look at the things you have accomplished. You have defeated creatures that are like you know centuries older than you you know what i mean god knows how old if not older you know uh and and the things that you guys have accomplished the things that you've seen you know you survived seeing these horrible decomposing ghost spectral figures you know what i mean that attacked you at the beginning of the story to like where you're at now you know so you 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 deserve your plunder you deserve your followers you know so now that i'm believing my own bullshit i'm justifying in my head that the sacrifices have stopped you know, from the the ancient times. So I need to start doing the sacrifices myself to myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's horrific. And and it's awesome at the same time. Like, man, if, if Coyote makes it, you know, past his first arc and gets on the path, man, dude. Uh, So as you're sitting there and you're sitting in this corner and you're looking at this figure and you have this gloating moment, you know what I mean? Or you're looking down at her uh, and, and she slowly falls asleep. And you feel like the boat rocking a little bit. And you can kind of tell that they like they went off the pier, lost yourself in what you were doing, you know, and you felt like your pack was giving you the respect not to not to uh, uh, interrupt that. Mm-hmm. And as you're sitting there and you close your eyes for a second, and I almost like treat like the Valdery, like you always feel you have a connection with your pack mates. Not that it's like you can see within their eyes or, you know what I mean, or anything that extent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know if, if one's been hurt or harmed or what, one's gotten killed, especially like you guys felt the Katif that was killed that was a member of your pack. You know, when you felt that, you kind of felt like, okay, that's a segment that's been dropped off. And you're sitting there and you close your eyes for a second and you open them and you still see the figure of the girl the the lady facing you but you see in the corner that she was at that's dark and kind of full of shadows you you think you see a form for a second and you see this like form start like rising up it's almost like and you can't like you're like what it's it's hard for you to make sense from but it's almost like you see like there's a, a lump of shadow and you see as it starts like rising up you see these wings like start spreading from behind it and it's all pure black there's no like any kind of definition at all and you see these wings kind of like reach out and like start like filling up this room like almost like you know what i mean going to the cor- other corners and you see yeah. this like figure c- come and stand up it starts standing up and it's like has like um and it ha- like it's completely pitch black you could see like the 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 you could see the the shadows of where like eye sockets would be you see it's like head starts cramming up and you start hearing this loud buzzing sound of insects starts filling the room i need you to give me a courage roll please difficulty six two successes two successes all right so you're like what the fuck and you kind of like shake your head and you look and you see it's gone but you felt you see you have this feeling inside of you that some of your pack is is hurt in a way or is like you know what i mean like you feel like a almost feels like a gut punch to your soul literally you know like you're almost if you were still breathing you feel out of breath and, and you realize that wherever your pack is out in there something has happened to them can i throw a cheer at the shape <laughs> the shape is completely gone though it's gone oh, though it's now. Gone. like okay. like you literally was like you close your eyes and you saw the shape and then you kind of like shook your head and it was gone you know what i mean and then you had that feeling of like being gut punched in the soul kind of that described mm. there uh is my bride awake i'm gonna start calling no she's still sleeping okay mary. yeah mary all right mary mary's uh mary's asleep right now yeah she, you you would be none you like she didn't hear anything she didn't know anything and you're even at this point wondering if whatever you saw even was real you know what i mean especially if you like correlate it to what you're feeling 
you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what went through with your pack and everything like that. So sure. I'll, um, I'll go wake her up. You, you, she opens her eyes as you like put your, your, um, your big old hand on her shoulder and shake her. And she looks at, she just looks up at you with these like blue eyes. I'll tell her, I think I have to go. I think the others <laughs> need me. I had a vision. She just, she's just looking up at you still. Like she's been looking at you with those kind of like dull eyes mm. every time you've talked to her, you know? I'll cradle her up in my arms and uh, give her some of my blood or bite a gash in my hand and feed some to her. Okay. Just in like uh, a kind of an endearing way, if that's possible for my character. Yeah, yeah. You see at that moment, too, when you, like, gash your wrist and you see that her eyes open up again and she, you see, like, she's following, like, like, like when you cut it, she's following your finger or, or whatever you use to, like, to cut the part of your of your wrist and you see her she watches as the blood starts dropping and she's she kind of correlates what she did with Cora at one point to, to you and you see she's quick to like latch on go ahead i want to kind of quietly say to her while she's feeding i'll say um this is the real blood of christ this is your she, first she, real communion deep she 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 like grabs like a huge maw instead of like pulling it down to her she like lifts herself up to it you know what i mean while she's laying on the mm. ground and she's trying she's starting to laugh at it as you're as you're sitting there with the blood and you see like it starts like going down the side of her face a little bit and it's like goes down on her chin and kind of like goes down underneath like the nun's robes that she's wearing there but a little bit of it has collected on like the white part of the nun's robe that is like along her upper chest and at the moment when she's done you know, she lays, she like lays herself back down, but you see her eyes like staring at you and they seem like the people's go from being super dilated to like pinpoint, you know what I mean? At that moment, mm. as she's staring at you and she sees she just a smile comes across her lip and you see these shark teeth kind of like are, are just sitting there and the light is almost like gleaming off the blackness of them, like almost like, like an onyx stone in a way as she looks up to you almost like in a, um, like man you're, you're like i almost will even say like for rest of the rolls for this now you have a minus one difficulty now you know what i mean just because yes. of that one step blood bound for her <laughs> uh so um yeah remind me that when we have you roll next time sure. so so um what i'm gonna do is take her hand in my gigantic talon and just gently reassuringly kind of squeeze it and then i'm gonna take my sword of shotgun and give it to her and say don't go anywhere don't let anyone else on the boat and then I'm going to leave and go up onto the deck. All right. So you come off on the deck, and we're we. The, I don't know if you remember, but the guys gave you like a blanket to throw over yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you guys walk there, are you bringing that with you, or are you just coming up on the deck? No, bring that up with me. Okay. So you you throw the blanket over your head, and you co- you go out your room, and you make a right, and it's like this really enclosed like hallway that you can barely fit your figure in, and you come like stomp. You hear your footsteps stomp on there, and your boots. And then you make a right and you go up these steps and you come out on the steps and you, you look out and you're facing like this, like you see like this village a little bit that's out there and you see like there's maybe like 20 feet, 30 feet of water between mm-hmm. where you're at. But then you look to the left and you see that it's the boat is that part of the boat's along the dock and you could, you know what I mean? Get off of there and go onto the dock and make your way towards the village if you want. Um, I'll jump into the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow so you jump into the water and this is like the splash you know what i mean and and it only goes up to like your chest you know what i'm saying it doesn't even sure. like submerge you and as you start like making your way down into the water um no we'll say actually you jump into the water it's probably going to be deeper you know what i mean because there's a boat sure. on there but you yeah. you know you get to the bottom where you swim or you make your way down uh, yeah look up sure oh like jason Voorhees, that's awesome yeah, like jason so yeah Voorhees. you're like yeah, you're like walking down underwater and you feel like the tidal currents like coming out from you. You can't really see too much because it's dark, but you can kind of feel it. You know what I mean? You can kind of see this the, the the moonlight and the starlight coming through this water as you're slowly making your way. And eventually you find that taking steps is easier because the current isn't pulling you as much. Uh, and then you um uh, uh, you start coming up out of the water onto the shore. And as you look behind you, you see like three figures staring at you from like the, onto the boat. It looks like an old man, like a boy, maybe like a middle-aged man sitting there. Like they're, you can see they're trying to look to see if there's anything in the water there. Cause they heard a big ass loud ass splash. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So you come out. I'm going to try and light a cigar as well. Like I'll pull it out, put it in my mouth, try to light it, realize nothing's working and just throw it behind me. <laughs> all right definitely so you come out and you are standing on this beach and you see that there's like this 
you see that there's this looks like a, a bar saloon place that's in front of you right directly in front of you like you could walk up like an embankment of like beach sand or whatever and get to where there's like pebbles and everything to, and that walk towards there you know it's only about 30 feet away mm-hmm. and then there's a road to the left of that like a little like dirt beaten down dirt road that kind of like goes along and you see like there's a couple like a homes like shanties on the side and then you see that there's like a barn that is uh that is kind of like um behind where the saloon is at and 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 you can see there's light coming from within the saloon and you kind of can guess there might be a lantern over there by the barn so is there any way i can like i don't really have preternatural hearing or anything like that can i can i stop and listen for a sec see if i can hear anything Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, give me a perception and alertness. We'll say difficulty eight. Nothing. I even botched it. <laughs> oh, did you? So you yeah. think you hear something coming from the uh, from the saloon? Okay, I'll start heading towards the saloon. I've got my big comically sized dagger in, in my right hand as well as I walk with the blanket up yeah. over me. So you got this wet blanket up over your hair. It's kind of wet, stringing along the sides. Seaweed uh, dangling off my legs. Yeah, yeah, on your horns. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, you kind of, I can see maybe a little seaweed on like a little bit of your horn. As you come walking along, you walk up the embankment and you hear your feet, your your boots start crushing gravel. Uh, you come up to these wooden steps. You see there's like hitches on each, either side of the steps to where like back, and maybe even to this day still, where people would have horses, they could tie the horses off. And you see, um, you walk up the steps and you, you hear like your boots just like clack on this, 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 this dried out like wood that's probably, that doesn't have too many, too many years left of being able to stand the weight that you put on it mm-hmm. and you do these double push out doors and you push in the doors and you just see like you see blood and gore and just like dead bodies just lining the floor and you see like as you're like what the fuck and you're looking around and i mean there's like entrails that are on like this bar stool there there's this like it's like you're having a hard time step it looks like there's literally like 20 or 30 bodies that were brought in here and just were just destroyed and ravaged and as you're looking you see you're like what the fuck and you see to your left as you walk in like this this pot like it looks like uh, ash just like spread like like fell along there it's almost like you see footprints like boot prints or whatever like a a bunch of sets of them walking that walk through the ash and as you're looking you can kind of see where like the ash and the blood and the gore mix a little bit and and to where they walk out of the salon the saloon i missed the party um can i check the bar (laughs) i want to check the bar see if there's yeah why not check if there's any money cigars maybe a lighter any weapons yeah yeah yeah. so you walk behind the bar and uh you see like there's this there's this figure that is laying there and and it had his rib cage just like ripped open and you see like all like there's no entrails in there at all just it's just like this cavity a mine gap of like maroon and bile and 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 you see intestines like purple intestines kind of falling out and you see his like mouth is open you see his neck has this huge like gapping ripping hole from it and um you see like there's this like sawed off shotgun that's just like laid on the side and as you're digging around, you kind of step over and you look under the bar because you're behind it now. You look like under it and you see like there's a box of like nice like cigars, like a couple boxes there. Mm-hmm. You see a bunch of cheap tequila and whiskey that that's behind there. Like uh, you assume as you're looking over them that like the bottles were probably uh, like fake bottles. They have fake labels slapped on there. It's probably cheap whiskey or cheap liquor. And um, you're, you're as you're looking through, you're able to find maybe like. Like I would say the equivalent of like uh twenty dollars, thirty dollars in pesos, you know. All right, I'll well I can't drink the tequila, obviously. I'll take the pesos, I'll right. take the cigars, I'll take the shotgun, check it's loaded, see if put whatever <laughs> ammunition. Yeah, um, he has about twelve shells in there, you know, like uh underneath in a box, you know what I mean? But you can't fit twelve in there, you know what I'm saying? But like sure. For if he ever had to grab them or do whatever, you know. Yeah. Um What's the blood doing to me? I mean, it's obviously, is it fresh? Am I smelling it? Uh, no, no. Okay. Uh, I would, you're not like, I would normally make you roll self-control if it's flesh, but this guy was pretty much like sitting here like for like probably like four days. You know what I mean? So like this flies oh, and there's like some of oh. me, that's a good point. Even some have like maggots a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Crawling through them. It's definitely ripe. You know what I mean? It's not like recently done, you know? Okay. What I'll do is uh, put a cigar in my mouth, light it up. I'll take mm-hmm. a bunch of bottles of spirits and pour them everywhere as I walk out, and then I'll <laughs> I'll flick a cigar behind me onto the flames once I'm away from the fire enough, away, away from the saloon enough, 
and start walking towards the barn. This is where uh, War is on Fire officially is renamed to Tapico on Fire, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We'll start getting so, to walk away from the fire like a badass. Hell yeah. So you, you do that and you're just like throwing these cheap, you just don't, I mean, give a fuck. You're throwing them everywhere and you light the fire. And as you step out, you just see this dry wood just like takes too. You know what I mean? And you're just <laughs> crackling of wood and you know what I mean? And like fire starts happening. As you're walking out and you go back towards the road. So I'm going to cut to the other three guys, Cora, Mitch, Jasper, Richard. You guys are standing, uh, Cora, Mitch, and Jasper are standing. Richard is on his knees. Uh, with, they're standing at the entrance of this barn, and Richard's still on his knees. And there's all this ash that's in, like, Richard's lap right now. Like, Richard, you just got done, you know, diabolizing Cleaver and you're you're on your knees and just like you have ash all over your shirt, ash over your legs. It's in the dirt, you know, and it's on your arms. And you guys are looking down. Scenes on you guys. Go ahead. Oh, let me ask real quick before we go to scenes on you guys. I want to know what's going on in each of your guys's head right now. Uh, Mitch, what's going on with you? Mitch is quietly approving of what Richard just did. Welcome to the club, kid. What about you, Jasper? But Jasper, he's still trying to uh, absorb the fact that for him, he's sort of this like. I he's he also take take another another kindred soul. It's he's still trying to figure out just what it means for him too. It's just like what it means for all of us. Just like we have we're not just one anymore. We are parts of a whole. This is not something we should take lightly. We have to make sure that this we have to always remind ourselves this is a almost sacred thing that we have just done. We have taken another and made it a part of ourselves. So Jasper's really getting the whole sabbat. Diablerization is good to bring yourself closer to Kane aspect of things right now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it seems like like he's had an epiphany of sort right now. Uh what about you, Richard? What's going on in your head right now? Uh Richard is trying to compose himself like he just had this vision into the memories of I don't know, was it Cleaver or Wyatt? I think it was Cleaver, right? Yeah, you diabolized Cleaver, uh mm. uh Jasper diabolized Wyatt. Also he's um but he's also feeling, I think, uh, a power surge. Like he got a point in potence, and I think that's like it's noticeable to him. Uh oh, are you saying that Jasper's <laughs> like feeling like there's some benefits to this whole Diablo, this uh, diablerization thing? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hmm, maybe I should have listened to a Mitch a lot. Maybe I should have fought to get that 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 setai. You know what I mean? <laughs> Before Mitch, but. Uh, hey, Mitch led the way. No, actually, uh, Cora was the first person to diabolize. So, all right, scenes on you three. Go ahead. Not bad, kid. How you feel? I'm all right. I think. I'm... I think I'm. I'm still me. <laughs> I'm still here. You good to go? There's still work needs doing. Yeah, let's go. All right, and Mitch will uh, help him up. <laughs> Who's the old man here? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh. Uh. So as you guys are standing up, all right, so as you guys are standing there, you hear all of a sudden, like, wood crackling and popping, and you look behind you, and you see, like, because you're at the entrance of the barn, you turn around, you look, and you see, like, 30 feet away, this the back of the saloon, and you see, like, it's starting to catch fire. And, and you're like, what the hell? You can see through some of the windows, you can see fire going on. And as you guys are staring at the fire, you see a figure coming, like, you guys are facing the saloon here. And you look at the fire, but then you see the road that is to the right of the saloon. When you're looking at it, you see a figure come walking, and you guys can tell instantaneously when you see the little ember of the fig of the of the cigar that the figure is Coyote as he's coming walking up the road. Uh, Coyote, as you're walking up the road, you see these the silhouette of these four are are turning around looking at the fire, and you see them like kind of looking your direction as you're walking up. I'll go ahead and uh, let you guys have the scene right now. I'll trudge up silently plonk down at an empty spot around the fire and just give them all a nod. Looks like I missed the party. Yes. It's Jasper will notice just the the way the way uh, Coyote's silhouette is silhouette against the uh, fire. It reminds him too much of what he saw from Wyatt's memories and he's sort of like just noticeably like shaking a bit as he looks down at Coyote like Yeah we've you missed something. Not sure. Would you say that you both are shaking? Like I know Jasper's obviously shaking right now. Would you say, Richard, are you shaking right now? Like 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 uh like off off canter in a way? Would you say you're not acting like your normal self at this moment? Uh I think 
Richard is definitely uh, shaken, like he's in in thought about it mostly. Trying so, to organize would... his thoughts, like sort out what is what is himself and what is uh, like leftover memories that he's just uh, received by uh, consuming cleaver. Definitely. So I would say, Coyote, you noticed, and I just want to interject. I would say you would notice that Jasper and Richard are definitely not themselves at the moment. You know, especially just uh, you can notice it from both of them. While Mitch and Cora seem normally the, the, the rocks that they are, you know, that when you interact with them, you can tell that that uh, those two are definitely uh, something's off with them. Uh, I'll go ahead and with the scene. Sorry. I'm going to try and. When I seat myself, is there any way I can sit between Richard and Cora? You can stand. Everyone's standing at the moment. You know, no one's like really sitting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You can go stand between Cora and Richard. Definitely, yeah. Okay. I'll uh, I'll look to Richard and say, "What happened to you?" I think I want to (laughs) demonstrate. Can I uh, pick up? I don't know. Can I break a piece of uh, of wood out of the? the shed that we were in and just yeah uh, you can rip all my new potents yeah you could rip off a part of the barn door i'd say you have this big barn door there and you could grasp it and just like you know because what's your potents right now free oh yeah and your strength is like two right or something like that uh, no so it's also free <laughs> oh yeah so you're definitely like you could grab a barn door and just like snap it off you know this big old like i'm talking about like 20 foot you know what i'm talking about the big old school barn doors like that you know and grab it and just kind of like rip it off with one hand you know what i mean like just like kind of tug and if, is that what you're going to do or yeah okay so I'm, you see you get on some yeah. stress well <laughs> goyote you see richard just like turn around and he grabs like the the end of a barn door and you see him just like tug it like twice and you see like you hear the squealing of like the metal hinges like you know what i mean it's like the, it's coming out of the, the the nails are coming out of the wood and just like and it rips and you see like the hinges don't even come out it just rips part of the frame of the barn that the hinges were tied to and the door and you see like like dust starts coming down and you kind of see that the barn shakes a little bit and you can see like where uh you can hear like feathers from in and you actually when you do that you're like because you're like you're standing between him and Cora, right? Like Cora's facing inside the barn. You're facing kind of inside the barn. Mitch is and Jasper and Richard are their backs are towards the barn. And like like Richard went like that. You look behind after that happens, it shakes the barn a little bit, and you see like behind him, you see the silhouette. It looks like this this embryonic sack of a way, just kind of like shake a little bit, and you see like part of it just like hits the ground, like half of it just kind of and you it, it like slides almost. Yeah, like. And you just see like and it hits the ground with like this wet smack and you kind of just hear like 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 the smack of flesh like you know what i mean thudding into dirt you know it just like hits it and you see it's kind of like now like laying elongated You're like what the fuck you know what i mean like you have no idea what that is uh go ahead scenes on you guys i'll um put a hand on richard's shoulder and pass him my cigar and then <laughs> steer back into the fire so you're uh you uh turn around and you're looking at the fire go ahead scenes on you guys again sorry Two of the banditos changed their mind, joined our forces. Hmm. They are now one with us. So what's the plan of action for you guys? What do you guys, you guys are standing there right now. Are you going to go back to the boat or are you guys going to discuss what happened or what's your decision there, pack leader? Should I, I'll relay the vision I had quickly as well. I'll just tell them I saw something. You're probably... I would say Jasper and Richard, you're able to pick up when he tells you that, that maybe when you guys diablerized those two due to the Valdry that he kind of like picked up on that, you know what I mean? On what you guys saw, like that there was just a momentary like connection between you guys that's brought on by the blood. So Mm, that don't bode well. This is distressing. I thought it was just a memory, but it seems something is onto us. This something that we're trying to fight. Let me get, uh, let's see here. Who has the highest occult of you three? I have only one dot, but I think Cora would have the highest. Cora would have the highest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you, Jasper? Yeah, okay. As you're sitting there, as you, guys, okay. as you guys are standing there, you, you, you hear like, you kind of hear Cora, you know, she's been like oddly quiet and you kind of hear, because she's staring at the fire and then she turns and looks and she's like, I do believe that maybe... <laughs> You all just shared the vision together. And she kind of like grabs like your your the back of your tricep, Coyote, gently. She's like, 
young man here is probably really was feeling what you felt. I would say that probably we are all connected in one way is the gift that Keena has given us all. I think maybe Mitchell, when she looks at you, Mitch, I think it's time we got back on this boat and headed our way. I can feel the pull. We need to go save Vidar and we need to bring justice upon those infernalists. What'd you say, Mitchell? Sounds about right. Anything useful we can grab on the way out, we probably should. Maybe even some booze for the folks on the boat. I think that booze is like burning up at the moment. <laughs> as this, as the sal- yeah, yeah. As the sal- well, the saloon's on fire. You know what I mean? Unless someone wants to reach in there and do a fire dance and get the booze. But maybe there's some in the house. Maybe there's some in the ho- a couple of the sh- shacks there, you know? So uh, you guys want to search those shacks before you get on the boat? Or what's the plan there, gentlemen? Well, I think once the suggestion is made, Josh will illegally... Well, yes, we should do that. We should uh, make sure that our, uh, our transportation don't uh, don't just see, don't pry into our affairs too much. Yes, he'll just try to like dive into the task just to keep his mind off his off what he was uh, what's going through his head. Just what can we tell yeah, him? Definitely. I think the the old man knows that something's up in this village. We can say I don't know, disease struck them or something. That's, ah, that's a, good, that's that's a common a thing plan. that these uh, lesser, uh, lesser capable nations. I'll carry Cora with me when we return to the boat. All right. So you guys are heading back to the boat and then going to search a couple of those uh, shacks and shanties to see if there's anything of worth in there? Yeah. That's what I'm right. And the two shanties that like aren't burned down, all you can really find is like a couple, like a, some perishable foods. You find like some cheap tequila, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, but nothing of like super value or anything to that extent, you know? Mm. So you can say you got a couple bottles of liquor if you want to for the people on the boat. Right. As you guys get back on the dock, uh, as you guys are walking towards the dock or onto the dock towards the boat, you see three figures are standing on the edge and you can tell who they are. You can tell it's the old man his son and his grandson because you can tell by the lantern that's kind of like you know what i mean lit by them and they're obviously staring at the saloon that now as you guys are walking back you're like silhouetting you can kind of feel the warmth of the saloon because it's like all on fire now it's just like literally it's like raging fire it's probably going to catch to the barn soon if there's a little bit of wind into anything here any uh, to anything in the village as you guys come walking upon uh the 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 dock and you see that like the old man he's like you could tell he's not really like he's kind of like his face is going to the direction of the fire but you can tell that like the young man is like sees you guys like oh you're all right are you okay and he's saying in spanish he's the, the middle you know the the adult not the old man as he comes jumps onto the dock towards you uh f- you uh five are you what what's going on over there i turned to to the uh mitch and whoever seems to be spanish like tell him that there was a disease in this in the town and we had to burn it or else risk contaminating the re- letting it spread mitch will uh turn to the guy and in spanish looks like they uh had some sort of plague here we just needed to tidy up a bit before we left make sure ain't no one else get uh get the bug oh you gotta, bro are you serious what the fuck this is not normal he's, he's like looking at the fire he's not even like looking at you guys you know what i mean holy sh- everyone was fucking dead just about holy shit what the fuck hurry up hurry up get on the boat let's get out of here I ain't got no time for this shit. He looks at the boy. Go, go start. Get this fucker going. And as he gets on the boat and he's kind of like, um, he's kind of like in a, you know, in a rut, you know what I mean? Him and the young boy are running around trying to get shit going. Mitch and you five, you five can like get the sense of someone's looking at you in a way kind of, and you just see kind of like the old man. He sits back down on the bench that's on the deck and he's kind of facing towards you guys. And he has this grim set look. And just a reminder, this guy has like kind of longer gray hair, you know what I mean? And he, and he has like cataract white milky eyes, you know, he can't like, he's blind and he has a wispy gray beard a little bit. And he's wearing like this kind of cowboy shirt tucked into some, you know, some, chinos with like some cowboy boots on you know what i mean and he's has his cane and you see he has this grim determined look as he's looking not looking at you guys but facing your guys direction you know obviously wanting to get the impression across to you guys that like he 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 paying attention to you you know so he's saying that uh so you guys are standing what, what are you guys going to do now i suppose i will just sort of like just try to like usher in everyone just like okay just let's go down to the 
don't we don't wanna just let them focus on their work. Don't focus on us too much. We have time to to plan. Are you guys all going down there? I'll be down in a minute. Let me uh see what needs doing up here. I'll go down. As you guys Alright, what about you, Richard? Yeah, I'll go down. I'll um pull Jasper to the side a little bit and want to um say to him I'm distressed by what we learned about Vider. Um, we heard that taking him was easy. And I can't imagine that to be true unless there, there's more behind it. I don't know if you've seen the, the... I saw a vision of the priest. He has great contact with things that are beyond even us. And I suppose even someone like Vidar could fall prey to those. As you guys are talking, you kind of like see Cora's looking in your direction. She's like, y'all are having thoughts that aren't your own, are you? Are we? You're I'm having not. memories that you don't think belong to you, do you? It's yes. very confusing. Yes. It's something that I experienced myself. Matter of fact, I think Mitchell up there is having issues of his own. You need to look inside yourselves and see what you feel, what those memories mean. Maybe, and you see, like, she kind of, like, puts her hand on, 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 uh, Coyote's arm. Maybe since you had kind of a little tapped into whatever they were feeling there, maybe you all three can sit alone and maybe figure it out. I'm finding myself irritable. I think I'm going to go sit and be alone until we get there. All this waiting is really not making me feel too hospitable at the moment. I hope you don't mind. I find myself bored with nothing to play around with. I can can take Cora to sit with Mary. My bride. I do think I'll sit with her. I think I'll get to know my daughter-in-law. Very much so. <laughs> and she's like, and you see she goes and opens her door and closes it behind you guys. So I'm going to cut to Mitch. You guys start thinking about what you're going to do to like kind of tap into your you know what I mean? Uh, tap into the visions you have. Uh, Mitch, as you as the rest of the pale riders go down under the deck you hear coming from the bench in Spanish you hear y'all smell like blood. Mitchell turned to the old man, and in Spanish, yep, something uh, unpleasant happened in that town. Looked like one hell of a disease got them all. That's bullshit. I know when someone's bullshitting me. I can hear the bullshit in your voice. Do you now? Yes. Want some tequila? What are you trying to do here? Get drunk? Something's off with you. Something's off with you. You can chat about it. Yeah, why not? I got the bottle in here. Ain't like I got shit else to do. And it kind of like goes into like, you know, where the, the, where I said last session where like they're standing in there steering the boat and everything to that extent. Uh, he pulls out this cheap, you know, bottle of tequila with two cups and he kind of is holding them like this, you know, and he kind of motions one towards you. Thank you. And you kind of see he pops the cork and he kind of hands the bottle to you to pour it for yourself. Thank you. Mitchell prick his finger with a fang. And squeeze a couple mm-hmm. drops into the bottle. Yeah. Shake oh, it up wow. so it mostly dissolves. And then he'll pour himself a drink and he'll reach over and pour the old man a drink. Sweet. So it's, you pull him a drink, he motions you to sit down next to him. I'll sit. <sighs> Big country Mexico is, isn't it? It is. A lot of Americanos kind of tend to paint us under all one, br- one brush, right? <laughs> I sure don't. The the dumb bean eater who's selling shit, trying to make money off you folks, right? (laughs) Nah, I got a more colorful history with your country. Yeah, what kind of history is that? You ever hear of a man goes by the name of Pershing? Out of character, who's that? (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, Pershing's Mexican expedition was a military action by the U.S. against Mexico. 1916, 1917. Okay, yeah, then he probably would have. Yeah, that was back when I still had a little bit more oats to sow, you'd say. Yeah, you and me both. So you're a part of that. I was. That's where I picked up your language. Here's the thing, old man. I suppose I'm an old man too, but here's the thing. This land is a deep land. It's a land that's been around for a while. Being a lawman myself, I saw some things that had me question. If I really knew what was going on around me, you'd say. 
kind of an instinct maybe you got as your time warning around but i got my time fighting the law fighting for the law and i could tell you something you don't sit right something's wrong with you he takes a drink something is off with you folks um, down there are, are, are spoiled <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's something wrong with all of us. It's just a matter of what it is and whether or not we can work with it despite it. I just had an epiphany. You know what I feel when you're you and your family walk by me? What's that? I feel death. I feel like my time's coming. Is that why you're here? You carry death with you. And he motions towards like the his head towards where the land is. I'm an old soldier. Of course I carry death with me. And you deliver it too, don't you? Is my boy going to make it past this? I have on occasion, and if all goes re- well, your boy and your boy's boy are going to make it past all this. We ain't mean you or yours any harm. What are you? An old you man with a job to do. I don't hear you breathe. Yeah, always did have shallow breath. Hmm. It kind of just puts his hands on his cane, he's looking towards the, the land, and you see he takes another shot from the bottle. You see kind of like his hands squeeze a little bit on his cane. You know, you can kind of see his hands are tensing. Go ahead, were you going to say something? Mitch chuckles a little. <sighs> These cigarettes be mighty useless if I couldn't breathe. Hmm. I suppose so. I might just be losing my mind. Don't think because I sit here next to you, I accept you. Or because I share a drink with you, I accept you. I ain't making no assumptions. I ain't making any assumptions with you and your family there. I can tell you that. He just kind of, he's like, I got to go. I got to get up. Boat's about to be leaving. We'll have a drink later, I'm sure. And you see this old man kind of gets himself up a little bit, grabs onto the side of the boat like he's got himself with this cane. As he does that, you see the boat is pushed away from the dock. You see that's going back towards the ocean. You know, you hear the engines going, you know, as they roll up. You guys can all feel that, too. As you're left sitting there, Mitch, with a bottle of cheap tequila uh, by yourself. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts? or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by! We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. (laughs) Hey, do you like World of Darkness? Do you want to introduce your friends to it? But there's one problem. Nobody reads books anymore! This presents you with a problem, doesn't it? You want to get your friends into these awesome games, but they don't have the time or wherewithal to read any of them. Well, that's where Brett the Hitman comes in. Brett the Hitman, your one-stop shop on YouTube for all things related to World of Darkness. Currently in the middle of his Werewolf the Apocalypse series, which is showing tremendous growth. It's going to the moon! That's right, watch Brett the Hitman and you will get style! Flair! Humor! 
And of course, some dank meme magic. Fucking normies! Brett the Hitman on YouTube at youtube.com slash I love other people's misery. So watch now! If only for the dank memes. Tune in today! metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade. The Demon's Mirror. Thirteen Candles. Three Chronicles running through the undead veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs> 